In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. A vase sits on my desk at home, and it holds six red roses. They are a gift from my daughter from this week. These lovely flowers have brought radiance to my workspace. They are a beautiful and visual reminder of love. And as today is Valentine's Day, let's take a look at Holy Scripture through the rose-colored lens of abiding love and faithfulness. And maybe we'll hear something different in these words. Elijah was a prophet in the ancient Hebrew regions. He fed the hungry through miracles. He healed the sick and the dying. He proclaimed God's word and worked to influence policy decisions for leaders of the time. He was much accustomed to listening to God when it was time to move to another place where there was a need or a plan. At a low point of exhaustion, Elijah appeals to God for help. He is alone in this hard and holy work. And the Lord tells Elijah he needs to go to the wilderness of Damascus, anointing a new king over Aram, another king over Israel, then to anoint Elijah as prophet in his place. So Elijah obeys and finds Elisha plowing in a field. Elisha sets out to follow Elijah after saying goodbye to his parents. And the bond that is now forged between Elijah and Elisha is not love in a romantic sense, but rather it's a mutual respect and care. And Elisha becomes that reminder to Elijah that he is not alone in the work to which he is called. So now we'll fast forward to where we hear today where Connie read of the final moments of shared ministry between these two prophets. As they journey from Gilgal, Elijah feels this nudge, this stirring that God is sending him westward to Bethel. And then east to Jericho, and then to the Jordan River. And at each move, Elijah tells Elisha, stay here, stay here. Elisha responds, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Elisha exhibits for us this great faithfulness, this holy friendship and companionship. And yet, that care for he, that he has for Elijah means that news that his mentor is to be taken away by the Lord must create a big tension and pain for him. When these two cohorts traveling along, um, excuse me, when the, their cohorts who are going along with them, um, they ask Elisha, what's going to happen next? And Elisha says, shh, I know, he's leaving Stop it. Don't talk about it anymore. Be quiet. And so then the day comes, and it is a very far from ordinary day. As they get to 
the Jordan River and Elijah throws down his mantle and hits the Jordan River and it parts. It is surely not an average day. Elisha asks, hey Elijah, if this really is going to happen and you're going to be taken away, can I have a double share of your spirit? That's an odd thing to ask, isn't it? But as partners in prophecy, as partners in ministry, what if this is, make sure you're casting your power and your authority upon me to go forward. And then we have this fiery chariot and fiery horses who swing down and um, take Elijah away. God surely has an amazing and divine capacity. And Elijah is taken up into the heavens. He doesn't die right there on the ground. He's not stricken dead, but he's taken up to heaven like Enoch was. And then as Elisha is processing this deep loss, he tears his clothes, perhaps in mourning, yelling out, Father, Father. But he's also letting go of those old clothes to take on that new mantle, that new overcoat of Elijah, accepting his new fully-fledged role as prophet to carry on the legacy of miracles, of healing, of teaching in God's name. And so what does Elisha do with that mantle? He takes that mantle just after we finish hearing what happens today, and he too goes to the bank of the Jordan, and he throws that mantle into the water. He strikes it, and the water again parts. And they walk on the, he walks on the dry land. In both of those instances in this spectacular day, a reminder of the journey of exodus, of exile, and how we get through these hard times. Elijah and Elisha were this pair of wonder workers. They were linked together in, in not an apostolic succession, but a prophetic succession, bringing God's power to a people in need of life-giving newness that only the Lord could provide. The bond they shared brought strength, brought courage, brought continuity, brought freedom to one another and to the Hebrew people, burdened by sin and in need of hope. And so in Second Kings today, we hear of this process of saying goodbye for honoring the love and the faithfulness and trust that has grown. Sometimes there's somebody that we care about that we don't get to go through that process of saying goodbye in the same way. Yesterday I wrote a reflection about Ruby Sales. She was a 17-year-old in 1965, and she's from Alabama. She joined the Civil Rights Movement after she finished high school, and she assisted with voter registration efforts in the state. She and some others went to demonstrate in Lowndes County, and they were arrested. So the 17-year-old young woman is arrested with a 19-year-old woman named Joyce Bailey, 
An Episcopal seminarian named Jonathan Daniels, a Roman Catholic priest, Richard Morris Rowe. Because they had spoken out against a business that only allowed white people to frequent it, they were jailed in Hainville, Alabama for six days in the middle of Alabama summers with intermittent power, no air conditioning, and meager sustenance. So they were finally released. It was a really hot day. So these two white men and these two black women walked to the country store just around the corner to get a Coke and wait for their ride out of town. So as they arrive at the store, the door is blocked by a volunteer county deputy named Tom Coleman. He was armed with a 12-gauge shotgun. He threatened them and then fired a shot straight at Ruby. Jonathan Daniels pushed her out of the way. She hit the ground, and the bullet hit Jonathan in the chest, killing him instantly. Another shot was fired as Richard and Joyce ran and were seeking cover. Richard was injured, too, through the shots. Ruby emerged physically intact, but emotionally wounded. She did not get to say goodbye to Jonathan. There was no rite of succession instituted to honor the bond and the shared experience between them. As Elijah was swept up into that fiery chariot, Jonathan was taken away by a fiery blast. And yet, like Elijah, Ruby's work continues through carrying the mantle of advocacy for God's love and giving voice to all, for equal treatment of people regardless of skin color, family background, and sexual orientation. She is one of those voices who carries the power to enact the newness of God's hope since those formational experiences in 1965, Ruby continues as an activist, a social critic, and an educator. She attended the same seminary as Jonathan Daniels and then began the Spirit House Project, a nonprofit dedicated to the work and memory of Jonathan Daniels. She continues to preach and teach across the United States today. The love that is there through the work of the prophets, those prophets of ancient times and those modern ones, that work is grounded in God's love, rooted in the ministry and what would become the sacrifice of Jesus. And that love is emblazoned on our hearts when we make promises at our baptism for living into the Christian faith. That love and faithfulness is transformative. So strong that people leave behind other plans to do justice, show loving kindness, and walk humbly in the service of God. It is a love that is so strong that it transforms people from strangers to family. It is a love so strong that we are bound together in fervent prayer opening eyes to the healing miracles of God's mercy. Maybe even people you know and love today. This is a love that builds up our community, builds up our hope, 
binding us together when it doesn't look like there's a clear path in front of us? And as God shone through the transfiguration of Jesus, God unveiled in the lives of the ancient prophet and healer Elisha and the modern-day speaker of truth and love, Ruby Sales. May we, too, be used to bring healing to this world. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose prophets taught us righteousness in the care of your poor, by the guidance of your Holy Spirit, grant that we may do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our judge and redeemer, who lives and reigns with you, and the same Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.